Good news travels very slowly. Do you understand that? Bad news is just the opposite. It travels what? Fast. I, I hate bad news. Guy went to the doctor, and he sat there on the table, and the doctor came in. He said, well, my patient, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. Which one do you want first, right? And, and so the, the patient was, says, well, well, give me the good news first. And, and so the doctor says, well, you've only got four weeks to live. It was worse than what we thought. you got four weeks to live. And the patient says, that's the good news. Well, what's the bad news? And he says, well, I've been trying to get a hold of you for three weeks. That's the good news and the bad news. You see, we all love good news. We, good news needs no introduction. It just needs no introduction. Just give it to me, right? You don't have to preface it with anything. But, but my wife will come in to me and we'll be sitting down and, and she'll say this. She'll say, can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh-oh. You should hear it from my wife. Yeah, you'd be saying more than uh-oh. But yes, yeah, you'll say, can I say something to you? I'll be like, listen, it's bad. Go ahead and give it to me. I, what do you say, husbands? Help me out. What do you say when your wife comes and says, can I tell you something? Do you just run? I just say, yeah, I know it's not. Good news needs no introduction. You think about the good news that you wanted to tell someone. You are going up to someone and you say, you're not going to believe this, right? That's how we do it when we have good news to share. You say sometimes, man, you're just not going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. That's good news introduction, but it still needs no one. And sometimes you'll go to people with some of the greatest things, the greatest story, and you're going to say that this is getting ready to blow your mind. You hear Pastor Bradley say that quite a bit, don't we? It's going to blow our minds. That's how good news is introduced. So this morning, I, I just want to show you a slide, and it's the three lines of Hope City, because if this was one message that I had to speak about this movement of God that we as human beings have entitled our church or Hope City, this would be the message that I want to be labeled with. And it is the greatest news of all time. You see, we stumbled upon this symbol for Hope City. These three lines have deep meaning to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't just some marketing ploy. This is just not some symbol that we pulled out of the air. I truly believe, and I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but we as Hope City and the leadership and the marketing team and the geniuses that we have working for us, we did not sit down and come up with this symbol. This symbol found us. And so before we actually went live with this symbol, I went to Wikipedia, Google, and I just Googled it. That's what I did. I wanted to make sure that this didn't mean, like, I don't know. I, I just wanted to make sure it was safe. <laughs> and so when I found out what this symbol means, this symbol is it's a mathematic symbol. It's actually an algebraic symbol that means identical to. And guys, this is deep because I believe that this is the gospel in its wholeness. This symbol means identical to. And so when you see these three lines, and I love the fact that you guys are wearing the hats and you're wearing the, well, I was getting ready to say I was wearing my t-shirt. Every time you see those three lines, I want you to think about this. Because I believe that the greatest news in all of the world is when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, 
And we'll get to the scriptures here in just a second, but they are a brand new person. They're a brand new person. They're not some old person. They're, they're trying to clean up and struggle through the rest of their journey. They're, they're brand new. And they are becoming identical to Jesus. And we'll get to that in just a second. And so if this was the one message that I had to speak and to give the good news today, it would be this. And so I want us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Colossians. And we're going to be in chapter 3 of Colossians, and we're going to look at a couple other passages of scriptures. But we're going to start in Colossians chapter 3. And now let's understand something here. Paul is writing a letter. He's writing a letter to some people that he dearly loves and he dearly cares about. And he's writing to them because things are actually getting a little crazy in Coloss. Like things are going crazy. People have heard the truth of Jesus Christ. Many of them accepted the message of Jesus Christ and a church movement started. But somewhere along the line, something came in and started causing things to get crazy in the church of Coloss. Now, Paul is writing because people are questioning, they're doubting, they're searching, they're like looking for what is, what is real and what is truth, and they're asking the question, is there even truth? And that's why Paul writes this letter. And I don't know if any of you were just listening to that, but some of you were, and I think in your mind you're thinking, that sounds a lot like our society today, doesn't it? There's, there's a lot of crazy things going on. Like our culture is, is going in a direction that some of us are just at a loss for. But here's the thing. I'm not going to blame everything on our society and our culture. No, I think it's time that the church steps up to the plate and owns some of the craziness. I think it's time for the church to take some of the blame for what is actually going on in our society. And I'll explain why. You see, we have the greatest news in all of the world. And it is time for us to not only declare it, say it, preach about it, but it's time that the church actually starts putting the greatest news of all time into action and on display for this crazy world to see. That's our responsibility. So we've got to own some of the problem. You see, it's going to take a lot of time, and it may take longer than I have, but we've got to start living a life out in that world, not this one because it's easy right here, right? Out in that world that looks like Crazy Scott is a new Scott, and I hardly recognize him anymore. By the way, I'm still working on that. Okay? That's the greatest news that we've got to not only tell this world, but we've got to show them because here in the last couple of days, we've gone in, up in arms crazy because our highest court made a ruling that has just rocked. Well, let me just say it's rocked Facebook. I don't know if it's really rocked the world, but our highest court has made a ruling that has caused us to go up in arms. And I'm just sitting back not putting anything ever on there about anything really of importance. Now, I'll show you my sushi or where I'm going or something, but I'm never. But we've gone crazy over this highest court's ruling, thinking that it's actually changed God's mission for us. No. 
God's mission for us has not changed, and we're going to continue to love people until the very end, no matter what anyone says. Amen? Good. Thank you. I got one golf clap for that. That's better than I thought. So things were crazy in Colossus, and Paul writes a little part here in chapter 3, and we'll just start in verse 3, because this is the beginning of the greatest news ever heard, and it says this, for you died. For some of you, that's a good thing. For you died, I know for me it is, and I'm still learning. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When you see those three lines identical to, there's a verse for you. You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It goes on in verse 4. It says, when Christ, who is your life. And I'm just going to stop right there. Do you understand that, that this important thing is the greatest news in the world that we've got to put on display out there? And this is, if you take notes, is just the first little talking point, is that, that you're new. We're new. I'm new. There's a newness that Jesus offers us that we're no longer our old self anymore. And I just want you just to, for just a second, think about your old self. It's pretty crummy and it's rotten and it's sinful and it's selfish and it's prideful and it's arrogant and it's deceitful and the list goes on. That's our old self. And when Jesus died for us and we accepted his death on the cross, we became immediately a new person. We're new. There's so many other passages of Scripture. You see, because that's that Paul writes to other people, and I'll get to that in a second, but we've got to understand that the good news is so much more than just being saved, church. Like, being saved is not the end of the game for us. It's not the end of the game, and we just sit back and wait on heaven and hope that it, it comes quickly and is smooth and, and we prosper in the process. That's not the good news. That's part of it. But the good news is that, that we can be made brand new. The good news, Paul says here in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he's writing to another group of people. And in Galatians 2, 20, I'm going to need it on the screen because I'm not, yeah, there it is. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. And do you see what he says? I no longer live. That old person, all of those things that we just said about the old person is gone. It's forgiven. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But get this, but Christ lives in what? In me. That's the greatest news ever. Paul was busy. Things were going crazy in every city that he planted a church. He wrote another letter. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said this. He said, therefore, if anyone is what? In Christ. He's a new creation. The what? Thank the Lord is gone. And the what? No. There you go. See, I believe that's the greatest message. I believe that is the gospel message. And I believe that we who have to take some fault in this, the church need to own some of it because we've kept that news hidden for way too long. 
See, the tragedy is that I believe, even in this room, there's a lot of people who've been saved, but you've never been set free. And let me just say that again. I believe that there's a lot of people in this room that have been saved. Like if you were to die, you're going to heaven. You've been saved, but you've never been set free. You've never experienced this new life. You've been allowing the old self, and the old self is the dead self. You've been allowing the dead self to control your life. You have been operating out of the dead self. Your old self continues to make decisions. Your old self continues to do things. Your old self, the dead self, continues to say things. And this is not very, like, deep, but what I'm going to say is if you allow death to control you, you understand that your results are going to look like death. So there's some of us right now, and, and man, we just started to tingle. It's not hot in here, but you just actually got sweaty. I've been sitting in those seats. I know how it is. And you're going to say the churchy line when we leave, stepped all over my toes. No, that's just the Holy Spirit trying to speak truth into your life. And so some of us are just producing death, tomorrow death, tomorrow death, next day death, everywhere we go death. We continue to allow the old self to rear its ugly head when Jesus says that that old self is dead. So here's what we do. If you're sitting there today and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that like you're allowing the death to just, to just continually to, to reign in your life, listen, you, you don't have to get saved again. God still loves you. I want you to hear that. Here's what I do. is When I allow the old flesh and the old death to produce death, I, I have to first admit it. Some of us in here just need to quit lying to ourselves. I said a little bit about that last week. We need to admit it. I'm allowing death to overflow out of me instead of the new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. I need to admit that first. The second is you need to just confess it. You need to confess it, and you just need to say it to yourself. You need to say it to God. Hey, some of you may need to find someone, and you need to confess it to them. You need to admit it. You need to confess it. And then the third is, hey, listen, please hear me. You don't have to sit there and beg God for forgiveness. You don't have to. He's already forgiven you. You understand that? You need to simply not beg him for forgiveness, but you need to, in the most sincere heart that you've ever spoken, you need to say, God, thank you so much for forgiving me. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that he brought me on the cross. That's it. You need to admit it, and you need to confess it, and then you need to thank God that you are forgiven. And then you need to start walking in new life. Some of you say, well, Scott, that sounds like you're taking sin way too lightly. No, I'm just taking how serious and powerful the cross of Jesus Christ is. Amen? That's how powerful it is. So you're new. That's the greatest news in all the world. You're no longer fill in the blank. You're brand new. You're brand new. 
You can walk out of here set free today and, and go live this new life that you never knew God had for you. Today, there's no class you need to take. There's nothing you need to fill out. You don't need to raise a hand. You don't need to come to the altar. You walk out of here today knowing that you're set free. And this is the part that some of you aren't going to believe because it's so good. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to turn my page because it goes over here to verse 11. See, Paul's writing this letter, and if you read, and go ahead and just look up at verse 10. It's pretty powerful. He said it talks more about the new self that's being made in the knowledge and the image of its creator, like your new self, and, and, and please go ahead and read this sometime later today because this is powerful. You're being made in his image, not in ours, not in his churches, not in your friends, not in your families, not in who this world tells you to be. Teenagers, please talk to your parents about what I just said. You're not being made in the image of anything of this world. You're being made in the image of Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. Parents, there's some homework for you to talk to your teenagers about because it is imperative that they understand who they are in Christ. Verse 11, this is the best news in the world that some of you are not going to believe, and that's okay. In verse 11, he tells us this. He says, says, there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or, Brent Bennett's going to tell me how to say this other word, yeah, slave or free, all right? But here's the most important part. This is the best news that some of you aren't going to believe, but Christ is all and he is in all. I don't care what class you're in. I don't care what group you're in. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what race you are in. I don't care if you are the world-class sinner. I don't care if you are a homophobe. I don't care if you are a racist. I don't care if you are a good-hearted, tax-paying, red-blooded American good old boy. I don't care. And neither does Jesus. Because what he just said in this letter to the crazy people of Coloss, he said, this new life is for everyone. You don't even have to be coming into this place wanting it. Like you can be fighting it right now and it's still for you. This new life is for anyone who will just say, you know what? I'm a sinner. And I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's the only requirement. The good news is that you've been loved. You've been being loved. There's nothing you can do to cause my God, Jesus Christ, to love you any less. And I know that there's probably some debaters in here. Listen, I took debate class in school, so here's the deal. You don't just give a statement. you got to have something to back it up, right? Well, how about the Word of God to back this up? And you see, it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, I love this. Because some of you are like, you've screwed up. 
like you're in the category of allowing the old self just to continue to rule and you've made a mess of things and you're saying there's no way right now at this point that I can be given this new life I just can't I've got to go clean up and I've got to have about seven days of goodness no no the greatest news in all the world that some of you won't believe right now is this that it says and Paul says in Romans 5 8 this is important he said while we were still sinners while we were still allowing the old self to rear his or her ugly head, while we were still on a sin binge, while we were still contemplating how we're going to sin next in our brains, it says this, that Christ Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Because that's the greatest news in all of the world. And that greatest news in all of the world is that everyone can be set free. You've been being loved. You're going to be loved and there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to be loved. So I just want us to pray this morning. I don't know if we're wrapping things up. I hope you understand that we just got out of the way and allowed the Holy Spirit to do something here this morning. I want to sing some more songs, don't you? I mean, it's so cool in here. I could stay here forever. But I do, I want to just bow our heads. I want us to pray. So I just told you, it's not about signing a sheet of paper. It's not about raising a hand. It's not about coming to an altar. It's just getting real with ourselves and saying, God, I'm sick and tired of allowing my dead self to control me. I want this new life. I want to be made in the image of Christ so that when I walk around this place called my state or my culture or my society, I want to be walking around in the power of the Holy Spirit, not Scott. There's two things this morning as I close. There's some of us here and we've been we've accepted Christ as our Savior and in and we're no longer just sitting here waiting on heaven. But I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. But we know that the dead self, the flesh, continues to control us. My prayer for you is this, that you would get so close to Jesus Christ, you, you, you hang around the people that are doing what you want to do. And that's become more Christ-like. That you would dive into His Word and you would know the characteristics. You would know the qualities. You would know how Jesus would respond. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is a wonderful place to start. If we're going to emulate someone, we've got to know how Jesus lived. But then there's just the second part, and it was the to the Christians in the room. We need to just admit what we've been doing and we need to just confess it and and we need to just thank God for forgiving us. If that's you, Christian, again, in this place, we don't stand up and we don't respond just because everyone else is responding. This is a time of honesty. And this is, hey, I know that God is speaking to me right now and my life is forever changed. And I'm going to leave this place a different person than when I came in. I'm not going to stand up simply because everyone else is standing. 
But if that's you, Christ follower in this room, and you are ready to walk in the fullness of who God has made you to be, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to confess. And I'm going to thank God. I'm going to ask you, would you just stand? Christ followers in the room, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Listen, Christ follower, you're not the only one in this place that's been allowing our old self to control us. But today we're making a stand and we're saying there's no more of this dead flesh, this dead stuff that's going to rule my life. This is a surrendering to the Holy Spirit to guide everything that we do. And we're getting ready to walk out of this place in newness. Second thing is this. There may be some of us that are here still seated and we've never surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. We've never known that He loved us no matter what. We never knew that He was loving us even though we were sinning. But Christ Jesus loves you. He died for you. And maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus like, I need a Savior. But today you want to make that day and you want to say, today I want new life. And I want to be forgiven of all of my sins. Jesus, I love you. I don't know what that brings next, but I'm willing to go there. So today, maybe you're sitting here and you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. Could you just raise a hand? There's pastors all over this room. Our heads are bowed. Thank you for being honest. Pastors around this room are the only ones looking. But if you need Jesus Christ as your Savior... Just raise your hand. Today, my friends, today you are made brand new. Today you're brand new. And let me just encourage those of you you just entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ but not only did you enter into a relationship with him but you entered into a relationship with many many crazy people who are going through this life with you God I just thank you for what you've done in this place and the people that have been set free and the people who have once again said God you are that good you're too good to keep into this little cafeteria. God, we've got to leave out of this place and we've got to go tell someone just how good you are. God, I thank you for new life. I thank you that Jesus Christ lives in us. I'm so thankful for lives being changed forever. God, we love you. We celebrate this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.